Hi, and welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, co-hosted by Abby Thiering, the Badass Breastfeeder, and Diane Cassidy, IBCLC. Hi, welcome to episode four of the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm Diane Cassidy. I'm Abby Thiering. Abby's the Badass Breastfeeder, and I'm the Lactation Consultant, and we are going to talk to you this week about extended breastfeeding, which is always kind of a hot topic. Um, last week, if you didn't listen, we talked about, definitely go back and hit it up again. We talked about um, tandem nursing and nursing while you're pregnant. Um, lots of cool tips and discussion that we had with that. But this week, we're talking about extended breastfeeding. And um, I brought this up with Abby because I know that she would have a great Great, great, great insight. But I just had recently somebody contact me um, and said, you know, my baby is going to be two in the fall and I'm thinking about weaning. You know, I just want to know how to go about doing that. Um, she said, I, I'm an attached parent. We co-sleep. She's with me all the time. This is, I, I wanted her to just wean on her own. I never intended to wean her. I wanted to just do baby led weaning, but I'm getting so much backlash from my family now that she's getting older, that it's just so much stress on us that I just, I just, I think I'm just going to wean. And that's, that made me sad. Yeah, that's really sad. Yeah. I, and I think that that's, from what I understand as well from talking to, to women is that the main reason that people end up weaning is from even when they don't want to is from is because of pressure from friends and family and not not necessarily societal pressure because, you know, people will people get kind of creative, you know, if they need to, like if there's a certain situation where they're not comfortable breastfeeding their four year old or whatever, then maybe they might just like go home and avoid that, which is also kind of sad. But um I think if when I hear people who are just like, I'm going to flat out stop because I can't take it, it's friends and family. It's like the people that are supposed to support you that give women so much crap that they feel like they just can't even do it anymore, even though they want to. I know. I know. And it's, I remember, you know, a couple of years ago when that Time Magazine cover came out. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yes. Jamie Grumet. Yes. Yep. And I have it somewhere still. I kept Mm -hmm. it. And it was craziness that came out. Oh my God. The, yeah, the, the world lost its mind. Yeah. People were canceling their time subscriptions. <laughs> they were like, and it wasn't even about breastfeeding. It was an attachment parenting thing. But I remember my husband going to work and people saying to him, is your wife okay with this? And I was like, Oh my gosh. You know, and my mom said something to me about it too. Well, I don't know about that. And I remember saying, you know what? It's none of our business how somebody wants to feed their child. Why, why is this anybody's business to, to chime in and make any kind of comment on? Right. Well, it is a woman's body. So it is, you know, as, as grab, society right? sees, it is not hers. It, she does not own it. She does not get to make decisions about it. And so everyone gets to chime in and say, you know, what she should be doing with it. And I think it really does. It's like a way, you know, it's just one of those ways that we can try to control women, try to take away their power try to, you know, undermine and disempower them. It's tied into all of that in my mind. It's just unbelievable. And then to go along with that, I feel like, Abby, on a little side note, that all of our episodes so far, 
we've talked about like horrible information that is being handed out. So that might just be our underlining <laughs> theme. But yeah. how many times have I heard, oh, after six months, your baby shouldn't be breastfeeding anymore. There's no nutrition. After a year, there's no nutrition involved. After a year, your baby should not need to breastfeed as much. They shouldn't need to feed at night. It has nothing to do with, they shouldn't need to. There's no value to it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big, yeah. Yeah. And again, it comes down to, we don't see it. You know, right? Because if you go to other, another culture, you know, there's cultures in the world where um, toddlers do breastfeed. Toddlers and small children do breastfeed until they're ready to wean. And 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 it's it's not people don't have that view there because they see it. It's a part of the culture. It's not questioned. Mm-hmm. That is, but one, here here it's a start. different story. It's a different yeah, story. And, and, yeah, I think we can go back to like when when formula was really taken taken the you know taken over the the scene, and let's give you know they were like a really big part of spreading a lot of misinformation about breastfeeding. And not you know again, I feel like I have to say that if you decide to use formula, that's fine. I support you. I don't support lies you know, and, you know, people not being given all the information that they need to have in order to make a decision about feeding their child. Agreed. So, you know, I just think that this is how, but we've, you know, we've taken over this country with so much terrible information. And so even the women that are doing it are hiding, Mm -hmm. right? They're scared. They're like, no, 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 you know, please. Wait. And I thought, look, I'm the badass breastfeeder. Look, I walk around, you know, I put pictures of myself on the internet. I, I am just a mom. I go around the world, you know, I remember one time I was at a, the car, de- the Ford dealership getting in. We were trying to find a new car because now our Ford Focus didn't fit my giant husband and all our car seats. And our <laughs> <two-fifth>. <laughs> I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, we need a bigger car yeah. and sitting there. And Jack was like three and a half and we're sitting there, you know, it's just, it's, a, and it's a car dealership. So it's mostly men and, um, Nothing against men, but, you know, like a woman then, it's like this added kind of like, oh, God, you know, I'm going to pull his body part out of my shirt. And um, he starts, he want, he's all upset, you know, and then he's like, boobay, boobay, <laughs> screaming. And I'm like, oh, my God, can you be quiet, please? And I'm like, can you just wait? Can we go outside? You know, and I was trying to find a way out of it. And I, you know, I, I, I can't explain it. I just know that I was in a situation where I felt a little bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I think it's just a way this is how people feel here when they're when they're when they're breastfeeding toddlers and small ch- small children. I know. I had a, um a colleague once we both worked in as peer counselors and her daughter I want to say she was she was maybe 2 or 3 and took her daughter to a clinic for vaccines, like flu clinic or something. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly what it was, but it was public. And they were sitting there waiting. And she went to go breastfeed her. And her husband goes, you're going to breastfeed her here? And my mm. colleague looked at him and said, here is where she's hungry. So yes. And I was oh. like, that's a fantastic response right there. Good response. Yeah. But it really, it's just... It, it's mind-boggling. You know, when I do prenatal breastfeeding classes, undoubtedly somebody always says, how long should you breastfeed for? Somebody mm-hmm. always asks me that question. And my response is always, how long do you think? 
just to kind of get, you know, what are people mm-hmm. thinking? What do they think? And you, you get those basic, you know, six months. Usually they say six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, I'll tell you what the American Academy of Pediatrics says, and then I'll tell you what really happens. So the American Academy of Pediatrics says six months of nothing but breastfeeding. No water, no cereal in the bottle, no food, no nothing, except medications for the first six months. After six months, you're starting your solids, but you're still breastfeeding and continuing on up until the age of two which is recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics. And usually at this point, like people's faces drop. And then I say the World Health Organization says the age of three and the average weaning age around the world is five. And people are like, no, like they cannot wrap their heads around Mm -hmm. it. I said, yes, in other countries, kids wean when they go to school. That's when they wean. It is not like it is here. Here, I want to get you out of the hospital. Like, that's what I tell people all the time. Like, I want to get you past the hospital stay. And then I want to get you past the first month and the first growth spurt. Like, I just, Mm -hmm. we're not, we're not there in this country. Mm -hmm. And to hear that other countries are, that other places are, and it's just, they can't fathom it. And they're just like, no, once my baby gets teeth. How many times have I heard that? Have you heard that a million times? Yes. Yes. And I'm like, for, you know, because I feel like then again, it's more, it's a, it's an education thing because teeth have nothing, nothing to do with nothing the latch. Nothing to do with it. Nothing. They to have do nothing with to do with the latch. You're, the teeth are not on you. I mean, you know, there's times where maybe like the tooth is scraping or something, and you have to adjust your, you know, your position or something like that. But it's not. They don't latch with their teeth. No. They latch with their tongue and their lips. <laughs> it's, I, and I was <laughs> like, but they still have to eat when they have teeth. You're just never going to feed them again. Like, I don't understand that. <laughs> um, but there, it's, there's so much out there. And nobody talks about, you know, issues that can happen once your kid is over six months old. And if you have women, they call me about weaning or call me with questions after their baby is a year are really like, they're like, my pediatrician doesn't even know I'm still breastfeeding because they wouldn't, they don't even know mm, what to say. Mm-hmm. Or they, and I'm like, because they don't see it. They do not, pediatricians, for the most part, from what I have seen here, they really do not have to deal with as many women that are breastfeeding after about four months. That's when our big drop off is. Right, right. Right. And I think these, you know, I, I was ta- I was thinking when you were talking about these other cultures where they do, where it is seen and where it is happening. It's not that these cultures have gotten to this really great place. It's that they haven't been attacked, right? you know, by like this modern, terrible information. Like they're still just doing life as humans. They've never left the that place. That, like, they've never left it. This is how it's always been. It's not like we're introducing this freaky new way of parenting. <laughs> you know, it's like, ooh, guess what I'm going to do to get attention? You know, I'm going to breastfeed this, like I'm going to make this really old kid breastfeed. <laughs> well, no, I can't make him breastfeed, first of all. Um, and, you know, he, he just, I just never stopped him. I never stepped in and stopped him. So he's just doing whatever, whatever he wants to do. And I think where I, you know, where I come in with it a lot of times too is, is the bonding, you know, and it's so important for, for kids. 
it is so important to have that connection and that relationship. And it's, I, I don't know why we're in such a hurry to get rid of that. Yeah, I know. I do think that we are in a hurry. I think we, we live, we, you know, again, we're in this culture that really values like independence and, you know, being grown up and doing stuff on your own and this like interdependence thing. That's, that's really, you know, a really healthy way of living. We look down upon here and, you know, we, 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 you know, we, we do it in all kinds of ways. We're like, you know, get out of our bed. You're too old to sleep in, in our, in our bed. You know, you're too old to be, um, for me to carry you, you know, you need to, you know, you need to just self soothe when you're crying, you know, I'm not going to pick you up all the time. And it's like, we're, 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 we're so desperate to create this distance between ourselves and our children. And, um, yeah, I think it's cultural. I do think it's cultural and it's sad. It is sad. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry. I, I have, I, I grew, I lived in Amsterdam, um, for a long time as a teenager and young adult. And I would go back and visit my friends as I started having kids and they would have like these, like, you know, here, I feel like we're so deliberate with like our sleeping situations, like, Ooh, safe co-sleeping, which by the way is a really great thing to know how to do it safely. But like, you know, we have all these resources and all this stuff because we're so distanced from, from this, like, from this, like kind of instinctual way of parenting of just kind of doing what you feel is right. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't even have like access to that. I feel like we don't have access to that really anymore. And I'd go visit and they would just have like mat. They had like a mat, like my friends had like a mattress on the floor and then they had like a little toddler mattress, like shoved up, like they didn't shoved up next to it. And, and I know they didn't plan that. You know, they weren't like, okay, let's set up this perfect situation. <laughs> They're just like, okay, this big, the kid is here, he's getting bigger, you're not, there's not enough room here, can you slide over to that one mattress over there, you know, they just, it was just happening, you know, think, they're just kind of letting things evolve. Right. And, you know, my, my own experience with it, I was just too lazy, to make it, to, to change it, you know, right. like it would just, my, I remember my son coming in, one of my boys always coming in to get in bed with me, like every night, probably for three years at least, you know, mm -hmm. from when he could walk. And I would tell people all the time, I got more sleep when my kids were babies yeah. than before they were mobile. Cause then once they got mobile, they could just come in my room right. and or my leave. Mom, right. My mom used to be like, just bring them back to their bed. I'm like, I am tired. I'm just going back to sleep. Like I, I won't be there forever. Like he'll get over it one of these days and we'll stop coming in. And you know, and he did, obviously he's not 14 and still coming in my room. Right. But I just was too, but that was my instinct. My instinct was telling me for some reason he's getting up in the middle of the night and he needs me. Whatever that reason is, whether for comfort, if he had a bad dream, he, you know, whatever he needs, he came to me. Mm -hmm. Who am I to say, oh, you got to go back to your own bed? Like that just wasn't my comfort level. That was not what my instinct was telling me to do. And I was too lazy to get up because I was tired. So, right, right. And it yeah, I, just worked for us. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's the key is that, and like I always talk about the troubles I had getting started with Jack. And when I, when it started to work, the sleeping arrangements, the breastfeeding, when all of that started to work, it worked. So 
there was no nothing in my mind except for all the outside noise of like you know the, the, all the, you know like <laughs> you know just like the things that you hear like oh you still on your bed or oh you're still breastfeeding or, or you know all that kind of thing there was nothing in my but I'm like this is like this is working why would I I worked hard for this breastfeeding relationship I went through like lots of like staying up late trying to figure out like if it was safe to have my baby in my bed which by the way we should do an episode on that yeah. Uh, <laughs> and when it started to work it was like why in the world would I change any of this I'm sleeping they're sleeping I get to just roll over and nurse them and like this is it works why would I change it just because because you know I don't know Sally down the street thinks it's weird like you know my doctor says you know well you know and this is another thing that's like you know moms are like well they say you know he's they, my doctor said he's two so I should stop because he's not getting any nutrients first of all who cares like if you want to take a sample of your breast milk to like a lab and find out if there's nutrients in it or not go ahead and waste your money because we know that there's nutrients in it yeah and second of all your doctor is not an authority figure in your life, you are in charge of what goes on with you and your family. And your doctor doesn't get to just say like, well, you need to wean because he's too old. He's going to be psychologically harmed if you don't wean him and he's still breastfeeding. He's going to remember sucking on his mom's breast and he's going to be traumatized. You know, oh my God. I've, the stuff doesn't happen. No. And I have actually talked to a couple of, of people who remember breastfeeding. Oh yeah, my 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 father-in-law remembers breastfeeding. Yeah, mm-hmm. remembers breastfeeding and fondly. Right, no negativity there at all. No, and it's not, you know, this is it's your mother, it's not your wife. Right. You don't have a sexual relationship with her. There's nothing sexual about that situation. So you think about your mom, you think about the person who raised you and nurtured you. Right. Gave you life. Right. And you're going to think about that in a way that's psychologically disturbing. I don't, I don't think so. No, it just doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen. And it's the, it's the psychologically disturbed culture that's creating that. It's not that it actually is those things. Yeah. It's, it's really, uh, so what kind, what kind of things have you heard? Like, obviously you don't get backlash from your family. Was there anybody close to you that has given you any backlash? Um, no, I don't think, I mean, like my extended family, I don't, I mean, I, I, I think that they probably think that it's weird and gross and, you know, those kinds of things, but they don't generally, you know, they don't, I mean, they don't say anything to me, you know, they, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they at least know to just keep it to themselves. Um, which is fine. I keep all kinds of things to myself. I walk down the street. I see all kinds of things that people are doing and, you know, I, and I, that I have opinions on, but I don't just walk around and be like, you, your feet are ugly. Put shoes on. Right. You, your shirt is ugly. Take it off. You, that's weird what you're doing. Stop doing it. Like what, this is, why is it suddenly then it's like motherhood and babies and, and women. And then it's like, okay, well now we could just have, everybody's got, it's like, you know, open mic night to tell her what to do. 
again, it's nobody's business how we feed our kid. It's not. It's not anybody's business. No. And and all the things that you hear are just are like are not true. You know, it's not gross. It's not perverted. It is not sexual. It's not going to cause long term psychological harm. You know, your breast milk has not turned to water. You're still know, getting it, nutrients. Yeah, and even if it was water, water is good for you. <sighs> and you know, this is where we. This is where it comes in. Like breastfeeding is more than food. You know, I tell, there's yeah. all kinds of things that, that, you know, it's the, it's the attachment with a caregiver. It's the nurturance, it's the closeness, it's the safety and the security. It's, it's, it's all kinds of things. And I tell moms that all the time when they're struggling with breastfeeding, you know, it's, it's not a very small percentage of it is actually about the food. There's right. so much more to it and the, they're benefiting from it. Every little, every second, they're benefiting from it. Yeah, I mean, as long as you can make it and you want to breastfeed, go for it because you're. Yeah, they're going to benefit from every, from every part of it, all the way up until the end. Yeah, and it's never about you. You know, you're not like, um, you know, a selfish person who just needs to keep her little baby close to her and won't let your child grow up. I mean, again, why are we so? in such a hurry to like drive our kids away to college. Like just let them be close to you. That it is really the more I see, the more I learned about maternal child health, the more I came into this life of maternal child health and breastfeeding. And it is amazing to me how quickly we push our children away. Mm-hmm. And you don't really think about it. We just kind of go along with it, like, oh yeah, yeah, daycare at six weeks. Oh yeah, you know, send them off to preschool at two years old. Send them, and we think that this is just normal. It's just normal, yeah, to just well, be sending them off. You go do this. You should be sleeping in your own bed by now. You should be, you know, potty trained by the age of one. You should be driving mm-hmm. a car by the time you're four. Like I don't. <laughs> it, it's crazy to me. It is. They were just it is no wonder that everyone's like, you know, has a antidepressant prescription and a, you know, anxiety disorder. And, you know, I mean, it's like it doesn't help. It actually is. It's 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 not healthy to push our children away from us so early. It has long term effects, lifelong effects on them. It does does have lifelong effects on it. We puppies stay together longer with their mother. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing is that it's 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 like it's not you know we talk about going back to work at 6 weeks. I mean, you know, women don't have options here. We don't have any options. You know, you you have to go back to work at 6 weeks, you lose your job. You don't have any money. Mm-hmm. Like we we do a terrible terrible job of taking care of families in the United States. It's yeah. I a poor mom that I spoke with yesterday. Um, really struggling with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety and wanted her doctor to write her out of work for a few more weeks. And her doctor said no and Mm. told her that she needed to get better health insurance. And I said, we need a better maternity leave. Like, why is this about what you do not have as a consumer? Like I just, that blew my mind. Yeah, that is so insensitive. It's very insensitive. And our maternity leave, and I know that, you know, they keep fighting to change it, and we're going to change it, and it's going to be different. And But every time they try to change our maternity leave, it's never really – 
that beneficial. It's not better. No. no and we cheer it. Enough. We're like, yay, we, now enough. we have FMLA where we can have three months off if we apply, if we've worked for a year, if we have a certain amount of hours in, and you still don't get paid. Why are we cheering yeah. for that? Right, right. Yeah, it's still not good enough. It's like all the breastfeeding laws. You know, in the states where in the in different states have laws, it's they're not good enough. Not I'm glad that it's happening, but they're not good enough. We still have to. But that is one of the reasons why I think we don't see the tandem nursing or or the yeah. nursing while you're pregnant or the you know the extended breastfeeding. We struggle just to get to a year in this country. Yeah. Right. Right. And if you don't, like, I remember seeing, you know, looking at the breastfeeding rates, totally lost Mm -hmm. my mind what I'm trying to say here, looking at the (laughs) breastfeeding rates and the percentages when I was breastfeeding my kids and being so proud, so proud that I was like in the 10%, you know, and it's like, you look at it, it's like, that's really sad that it's that our numbers are so low that, you know, the babies that are being breastfed to a year, which is the recommendation, the lowest, one of the lowest recommendations from the American Academy of Pediatrics is not happening. It's just not happening as much as it, as it should be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. And it's a a multi-layered problem, you know, where it starts with the misinformation and the support for moms and the just a lactation access to lactation information. Yes. And that reminds me of something that um, I have heard in in pediatric offices. So mothers are tired. You know, they're tired. We're tired. Like you mentioned in the last podcast, we get touched out. We're working. We're busy. We're keeping a house. We're doing all this stuff. Um, We're tired. And you go to the pediatric office for a well-child visit when your kid is nine months, 12 months, 15 months, however old they are, and you say, I'm tired, my child is still feeding during the night, you know, because they're asking you, how is the baby sleeping? How is this Mm -hmm. happening? What are they eating? I feel like they want to help solve your problem because moms are just like, I'm tired, I'm still getting up during the night to feed the baby twice, and I just, you know, don't know what to do. And they're like, well, your baby shouldn't be feeding anymore. Boom. Mm -hmm. Done. Like Mm -hmm. that's because there is no other response. They don't know what else to say. We don't know. know, And we want to solve the mom's mom's complaining. Maybe she just wants to vent. Maybe she just wants to say. But this is where your your Facebook connections and your peer groups and your, you know, all of that stuff is so important because those are the moms. Those are the people to really – be able to vent that too. If you mm-hmm. vent it to a medical professional, they're going to tell you what you don't want to hear. Right. Cause they're just trying to give you an answer based on no education at all. Exactly. You know, it's like when, we, when you, I still go in and they're like, um, well, how, um, how many hours of sleep does he get in a row? Like the longest stretch. And I'm like, Oh, four. And they're like, what? He's How is his brain developing? Yeah. He's like, he, you know, the, he's like six months old. They're like, oh, he should be sleeping eight in eight hour stretches now. I'm like, on what planet right. are you on? When does it, are you, are you crazy? Eight hours? I don't sleep eight hours in a row. Right. Somewhere along the way, somebody thought that was what should And happen. they just decided that this is, yeah, they decided this number 
And then, and then anybody who's not doing it is, you know, outside the box. Support is very important. It is so important. And yeah. follow your instincts. That's a really important piece of it too. Right. Which you, which you can get into touch, which you can get more into touch with, like you said, is talking like mom peer to peer than you can going to your doctor or something like that because they're not going to have. And some people, I have a great doctor and, you know, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm <laughs> one of the very few people in this country that has a doctor who spent time educating himself on lactation and like normal sleep patterns. So, you know, I can go there and he's just like, are you still breastfeeding this guy? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're the greatest woman ever. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So, but he's like, the reason why I go to him, because like, he's not going to give me any crap about anything. He's just like, that's normal. That's normal. Whatever. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't feel like he needs to solve your problem. Right. He's just, he's, he's looking at my kids, making sure they're growing and that they're healthy. That's his only job. You're right. Right. Not to tell me what to do inside my house. Exactly. So we would love to hear any kind of stories you have about extended breastfeeding. Please put it out there for us so we can let everybody else know and we can put it in the badass community. We can shout it from the hills. We can use it because <laughs> we want other people to know that this is okay. This is normal stuff. This is what life's about. Yes. The badass breastfeeder at gmail.com. Write to us, write to us, write to write us. Write to us and let us know or post things on Abby's Facebook page on badass yes. breastfeeder on Facebook. Um, mine's Diane Cassidy consulting on Facebook. Would love to hear suggestions, things that you think we should talk about. What do you want to hear our opinions on? What do you want us to, what do you want to talk about um, on our podcast? Cause it's your, what do you podcast. want to hear us rant about? What do you want to hear us rant about that we can say there's <laughs> bad information on? And um, we would love to hear it. So this is your badass podcast too. And we will see you next week. <laughs>